Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about how to find out who are your people. More importantly, who isn't and what to do with problem clients. Um, and maybe to make sure you don't run into problematic clients from the very beginning. So uh, we're going to cover quite a bit of ground here today. Before we get started, make sure you follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. And make sure you follow me at Tyler F. and Stone on Instagram. John, over there, how can they find you? You can follow me on Instagram at jbanksfl. Before we get started, make sure you get into the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Uh, link is going to be in the show notes. Also, go to gymownersrevolution.com if you're looking to work with us directly. All right, let's get to it. Gym owners, your biggest headache is usually your people, <laughs> frankly. Your members, your clients, whatever that is, that's the that's the human side of this business. Um, and hopefully, they're not going anywhere. So you're going to have to get used to this. We're going to share a few stories, a few anecdotes and strategies that we've kind of developed over the years of uh, in my gym and working with 50, 60 different locations, um, as well as the people that we're currently working with. So these are some issues that we've run into a lot. First step, John, in establishing who your people, who are your people is who is not. Yeah. And I think so many people, when we get started, we want to be for everybody. Right. And I think, I think that's a mistake. I think that people make it's like fitness is for everybody. Your gym can be for anybody, but it's not going to be for everybody. Very likely. It's just not going to be. But let's talk real talk. Like when you first open, are you all of a sudden being like, I only want this type of like, you're not yeah, going to be, you know what I mean? When you're first open, what's the goal? I need as many people as humanly possible to sign up. Because I need to be able to fill my gym because I got to go pay the rent for realsies because now it's like big time, big boy business time. Yeah. And you do need, I think at that point is you need lots of different people to give your business a chance. Right. The reality is I, I do think that that's, that's just the way that it is. But as it goes on, you're going to find out that there are people even that have given your business a chance and may even like your business that you don't want in there. And this gets even crazier when we get into, you know, it's, there's big differences when we're talking about a coach product, like where you're running group classes, same thing with personal training, um, as well as like a, just a 24 hour access or just an access only gym. Um, I think there's a lot of crossover, right? Like I think one of the biggest things you want to, wa you want to watch out for first off is creeps. Like <laughs> we, yeah. I had a, I had a client came in and, you know, my, our gym was significantly more expensive than anywhere else in town. And so I have a lot of clients that had a lot of money, you know, and this is a smallish town for sure, a small town, but I get this fucking weird dude comes in and it's first, it's all this complaints. about can I split the money and can I do all this? And can I do all that? There's always red flags, right? It always red flags. Flags. It's and always you know, and it's not because you're poor, right? It's because you're really acting like, the bad kind of poor. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? And so he comes in, he's like, well, I don't have those complaining about the money and then wanting to start, but not. And I was like, no, no, no. When you pay, we can start, but I'm not fucking around here. Yeah. And then when he finally comes in and pays one month, fucking comes in and goes, wants to get started. And the first thing is, well, where do I, we have like tons of cubby holes where people have their shoes and wallets and stuff. First thing he asks is, well, can I put my wallet and stuff back here? Do you have someplace I can lock it up so it doesn't get stolen? It's like my doctors, lawyers, finance guys, fucking like business owners, none of them ask this question. Why? Because they're in a room full of people they trust. You walk into a room like this and your first thought is one of these people is going to nick my wallet. Well, now I've got a bit of a fucking, I have to keep my eyes on you. Can we talk about that though? Like right out the gate of how, like your strategy, your strategy when you first opened your spot was whether you knew you were doing it, like if, if you knew at the time you were doing this on purpose, then like, that's awesome. Right. To have that much foresight, but the idea where it's like, there's never a prize for being the second most expensive place in town. Oh, that was, that was deliberate. Yeah. It was very deliberate. Right. So, so you deliberately make yourself like the premier, like the most expensive spot in town. And then by, so that's why you don't need to get lockers. Like that's why you don't have to have locks. That's why you don't have like it's 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 like this string of problems that will arise, which is like, no, dude, that's why this place is more expensive. You can go to the cheaper spot, but then you do need to be worried about your shit getting stolen. Yeah. Like it's kind of like it all started with just the price that you set made you already established. Like who's not listen, 
you're not well, like there's a reason why there's doctors and lawyers and shit that are coming here compared to now I got to worry about people stealing shit. Well, it all started based off the just your price point alone. I think price point and your business type are probably the two main thing. Like what is your, you know, if I'm running a functional fitness spot or if I'm running a, you know what I mean? Cause someone who wants to come in and just yeah. squat and do some bodybuilding, my gym, that will, that's a very easy line for them to draw. They're not interested in a, a CrossFit gym or a place that only runs classes in PT. Right? right. So, but aside from the type of business that you're running, which I think is an automatic filter. I don't think guys are entertaining joining a CrossFit gym. I don't think there's a lot of, there are some, there's a good pathway for people that are, in CrossFit gyms that will say, I'm tired of all the coaching. I kind of want to do my thing and I want to go to maybe a, a global gym type 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 place. That, sure. that makes sense. I want to do more different exercise. I want to fucks with some machines. I want to train on my own schedule. You know, that 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 makes sense. But I don't see that all that often where people like already have their type of fitness and are just going to jump completely over into uh this very new very very different model so yeah. that already kind of filters out by people based on the type of training they want to do you know what i mean um not a lot of people that we're going to go to you know massonomics are interested in the ymca's cardio cardio tybo class you know what i'm saying it's just it's just not really going to be that compelling so you don't really have to worry someone came in to join my crossfit gym and thought well you know i really hoping that I could just power lift in here by my, it's like, well, that's not what we fucking do. That's a very easy filter, but the price, that's how yeah. you decide who you want to do business with. Even that within, really your, within price, that niche price and your services. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I always tell people, like I said, if I had to open a gym in town here, that was a, if I had to do it, it really kind of anywhere. My ideal business model would be I'd want access only as well. I'd want an access only membership that's available where people have access and come and use the equipment. I would also want there to be functional fitness classes. You would just need the space to do both. Right. Um, and then I would also obviously personal training, private training and semi-private training. Now, in that business model still, though, I would want to make sure that I Maybe there's some tiers, but even that base membership for just access only should be, frankly, would be more expensive than anything in town here by more than double for sure. And now if you're going to do that, your facility needs to hold up, right? You can't just have a turd and, and then just be twice as expensive. If you're the only foot you're putting forward is the facility, right? You cannot just charge your way through it. It does have to kind of align or else you're going to alienate those people, but your price will absolutely dictate who you're going to work with. I never had the types of headaches from clients in my place than we do out of sometimes the place that I work out of at with people like sure. McDonald's cups on the floor. Yeah. Put money you know shit I mean? into money the shit sauna inside. Yeah. People wearing like leaving the sauna door open. Cause they think that's what you're supposed to do when you leave it. You know, just, just that type of shit. Um, the, and the, the, the regular like creeper stuff too, you know, when your place is 50 yeah. bucks a month, like what the fuck, like kind of anybody can afford that kind of. Well, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, we follow so many gyms. Right. Yeah. So the idea is that we within um, what we do for on the marketing side of things, just from Instagram alone, just to keep eyeballs on different types of gyms, we follow tons of different spots. And there's a gym that we follow that has been on like this major campaign of um, firing their own clients that don't that open the door for people. Oh yeah. So that's, yeah. Cause they're a 24 hour access spot. Right. Yeah. And for them, it's like, yo, when it is not open gym for like bring a friend and it's like members only hours. And obviously, right. It's probably like, this is clearly solely a safety issue. Yeah. Cause we've all seen that video, that young lady lifting by herself at a 24 hour access spot and it's whatever, 2am and she's by herself. And some dude gets into the gym yeah. and he gets into the gym and she has to like fucking fight him off. And so we, so, but they're like hitting this hard of like, you cannot open the door. You cannot do these things and have strangers come in or people, Oh, I forgot my key or whatever. But the reason they have this prop, like the reason why you have this problem. It's too affordable. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're doing business with the wrong people. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And by the way, obviously some, any random stranger could be one in there and a decent person could let in a psycho thinking they're being nice. But right. frankly, I think that it's, it's really important to let your price 
draw the line for you. I've always said this, you know, with the with the 24-hour gyms that I work with is you're they're not expensive enough to not have these types of headaches. Right. That's the biggest issue. It's it's like you're not charging enough money so that any and I've always said charge twice as much money if half your clients fucking leave, you win. Correct. You really do. Now, that's a business sense, obviously one of the things that we kind of hang our hat on around here is we want to have an impact in our community and we want to make sure that fitness is for everybody and that we're spreading health, fitness and wellness in your local area. So you want to make sure it's accessible to the people you want to do business with. But if you're getting a bunch of other motherfuckers, Jesus Christ, that, that are coming in, being disrespectful, damaging equipment, leaving shit all over the place, being muddy, being creepy, like just not good people in your business, you need to charge more fucking money. I've, I've, very rarely do I see a gym that's charging too much. No. And Tyler, the nicest gym that I've ever been to, ever, was in Missouri, of all places. Yeah. Right? I was out there on business. And one of, like, the high roller dudes, like, one of the high roller dudes that was there for the business, he's like, hey, come lift. He's like, come lift with us before we go out to, like, today's fucking thing. And so he takes me to this gym. That's like, looks like it's a strip mall. Yeah. The entire gym is a strip mall. Like it's massive. And it's, it's really like, like all this ornate shit on the outside of like rock and all this, whatever their day pass for you to come and just use the, use the gym as your walk-in or whatever your drop-in rate. It's $50. Good. Like 50 bucks. And as soon as I learned that, I'm like, all right. Like it wasn't one of those things where it's like, dude, this is fucking outrageous. Like $50. Like we have folks that we're trying to get that we're talking to Tyler being like, you shouldn't have a $15 or a $10 drop. Yeah, in rate. Five or 10. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Five or $10 drop. In rate. So you're just open to weirdos who have $5. That's interesting <laughs> to me. Like that's crazy. Like someone that wants to stay warm. Right. For five bucks. Right. Yeah. And so, but as soon as I knew that I was going to pay 50 bucks, I'm like, all right. And sure shit. When I walked in, I'm like, Oh my God. Like this is a playground in here. Like I could be here all day. And so it was the nicest fucking spot. So I think that that's, it is that element where it's, you really can control, right. The quality people that walk in as long as it's not a cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I still think you're better, you're better off always being too expensive. It's one of the market research things that we did with, you know, some other businesses that we've worked with is we went through and had a lot of our, all of our, anyone we done did business with on the service side of this business got called back. Everyone done business with for years, all got called back in the survey and just asked a few questions. The data came back essentially that, um, it's like 90% of people or 95% of our clients thought that we were quote expensive. Right. right. Um, except 90% of them would still do business with us again. And that would call us again if they had a problem. And based on just kind of that alone, um, they were like, you could probably nearly double your prices again, ideally. Because you want about, everyone already says you're expensive and they're still going. So go further so that you make more money and then hopefully some more of these drop off because those are going to be your least desirable clients. And we didn't end up doing it because there's a line somewhere. Right. We we're already the most expensive place in town. There's no way I was going to simply double the prices arbitrarily. But that is kind of the way this market research looks. Now, in your market specifically, your, your niche is market-based, first off. And a little example here is like how the same massonomics gym is operating here out of this place is, is I wouldn't call it a for-profit gym <laughs> necessarily because I don't think anybody's really eaten off of it. But Tanner's been able to constantly reinvest in new equipment stuff. Now, if that was your only job mm -hmm. to take revenue out of that business, that's a long road because I think there was eight of us. Right. There might have been 15 at the end of the first year or two. You know what I'm saying? So, so when you're saying like it's 15 members. Yeah, yeah. That's so what you're saying like clients. You cannot go on a extreme powerlifting tough guy dungeon gym right off the bat and assume unless unless you're in a market that has such a wide amount of people that there is enough people that want to train that way. We're not in one here. Where I'm at isn't one. Where I'm at, I could not open a gym that was that like it's that intense and assume to like build that into a three, four, five, six, seven hundred person place. It's not how that works. There's just no way that's gonna 
that's going to be my business model here because that type of training is not sought after. So your market does need to kind of dictate what type of business you're doing and what your price is a little bit. Sure. But what can your market support? You know, that's, that's one of the questions can you just fire a bunch of people who, or whatever, can you kind of have a really high barrier to entry? Well, if I'm a 24 hour gym, maybe, right? Maybe there isn't a premium 24 hour spot around here. If I, if I had a 24 hour spot around here, what I absolutely would do is be a very expensive one. I would just update equipment, update the overall facilities and make it an expensive one. Hundred dollars yeah, a month. Be the only game in town. Be the price of a CrossFit gym, and you have some high-end amenities, and then you're fine. And you have a lot less fucking headaches and a lot less dirtbags coming and going into your gym. Um. So, but when it comes to this market, so one of the things that I've seen is when these, when other businesses are getting put up, right, in other industries in your in yeah. your town in your city. There's market research that's getting done before someone decides to invest. Here, there's a new building going up. It's probably two, two and a half million dollars by the time you're looking at buying the property, building the building, getting everything up and running um, for a fucking new tire store. Mm. Now, this is a small town. Everybody's tires. Everybody's already got tires. Everybody buys tires at places. So it's very interesting to see, though, that a known fixed uh, type of market, right, in 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 that type of business all of the new businesses that get built are a type of business where everybody's already got it covered. They're just fighting over a new type of market share, right? Sure. Or they're scrambling over an, sorry, an existing market, right? Trying right. to get a piece of a pie that's already out there. Uh, what happens is we get new coffee shops that pop up, the tire store, and car washes. Fucking car washes just seem to make a lot of money, even Obviously. though everybody's cars are getting washed. Before. Right. So they're just Everybody kind of... Owns a hose. But in, in your gym, you need to kind of understand that that what can your market support? People want to worry. Do I? I personally would want to fill a spot that doesn't already exist. Sometimes you can do the same thing that somebody else is already doing and just do it better or differently or whatever, or simply just be new. Um, but to get back to the, to your bad people, who your people are, when you have bad clients, you have problematic clients. Cutting them loose very often is as good for them as it is for you. Right. Short of somebody who's like truly like toxic and awful and like that you'd kick them out of a restaurant if you worked at a restaurant. Right. There's some people that just don't work for your culture. They don't work for your people. And you start getting just complaints. And the problem with gym stuff, what I found is by the time someone's complaining directly to me about another person, it's gone on a long time. Like they've hated being around that person or they've had problems with this person for a really long time. And Usually it's someone brave enough or familiar enough with me to come up to me and say, Hey, I got a problem with it. that's like, that's a hard conversation to have. You, you're, you're going to suppress that usually a lot before you go talk to somebody about some other customer. It's not like it's a workplace where we all work together. This is a I customer coming to me saying this other customer fucking sucks, dude. And I think it's important too, is it that's, that's consistent across the board. So by the time I hear a complaint um, for me, like in past life, right. I was an administrator in schools by the time it depended on the person, but by the time I have a parent or someone that came to me and was complaining about a teacher, how long have they been dealing with that? Yeah. How long did it take for this person? If I trust that they're not a fucking lawnmower, awful cunty parent that can exist out there, but like as someone that's solid, they come to me. It's not one of those things where I sit back and I couldn't afford just to watch it. I couldn't afford to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this person is good or not. And I have to see it for myself. It was kind of one of those things where I had to act quickly because just like you said, it was, this has been a problem so long that it's finally bubbled up to the top and it's finally gotten to you or someone has had the stones to come and say, hey, yo, this dude's a problem and I don't want to cause problems, but like, this is bad. Yeah. And I think it's because we all know every, there's so many examples of waiting too long to get rid or cut someone loose. Yeah. So some of these examples here that we're going to, we're going to run into too is dependent on your business, right? So in a 24 hour model, especially if you're a very affordable one, if you have a client who is giving other clients trouble, right? A member who's just like other people don't like, or they're weird or they're, they're, they're damaging equipment, all the other things we've listed here, understand that unless they're spending money for higher levels of service, you know that they're not worth fuck all to you financially, right? It's one member. So just know that the one problem member 
Jesus, what are we talking? 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks a month for some of these gyms? Like, yeah, yeah. cut them out. Absolutely. Like, in my opinion, it'd be, it wouldn't be one and done, but there's going to be one conversation. And then if it's not fixed after that, they're just gone. I, I don't, for $50 a month, I don't, nobody gets to, you don't get to frustrate me for $50 a month. Fuck off. Absolutely not. You know, there's no way. So you need to understand that while they're people and they have reputations and family and they can go out and talk in their inner circle. And um, if they suck and you're justified, get them the fuck out and do it immediately. Like have a conversation, give them a chance to correct it. If it's not corrected, go. Those conversations need to, need to be had early, assertively and calmly. Okay. That's, that's my hard thing with those things is I would get mad. Sure. So I'd be like, by the time I'm ready, I was like, fuck you, dude. No, we're done. Like I did everything I could, but fuck off. And the people that do this the best are the ones that stay calm. I think the two manage, manage this stuff a little bit better. Now, if you're in a coached product, these problems are probably not always so egregious now. That's where the dilemma starts to come in, right? 24 hour right. gym can be people smashing equipment or being awful or slamming bars or intimidating other people. Anytime you're intimidating or turning off other members, that's a big get the fuck out type vibe for me. Now, right. in a coached product, whether it's group classes, uh, semi-private personal training or one-on-one -on -one personal training, it gets a little bit trickier there, right? I've had clients that I nearly wanted to get rid of out of my group classes because they would not listen to me about the weights I would tell them to use. Mm -hmm. Specifically, like, I need you to take less down. You just slow down. We need you to work on technique. And they just grip it and rip it because CrossFit 3, 2, 1, go. Yeah. It's like, I'm the one with the fucking coat. Like, what are we talking about here? And so you get people ripping shit and getting hurt. And then they're getting hurt in your facility. And then they fucking blame what your, your programming or your system, or they're just mad. And then you see them and fucks up their life for a month. They come back and they do the same shit again. At that point I go, I'm in the business of helping people, not fucking letting you come in and hurt yourself. And you don't get to do that for 150 bucks a month in my spot either. So fuck. Right. Up. Right. It's just not worth it for my rep. I'd rather have you be mad and gone and go get hurt somewhere else. And here's the truth too, because we've, I've, you and I have dealt with this um, in other industries where somebody is so worried about a bad review. Yeah. Or they're so worried that all oh, this person knows this person. And then there's like a bullying, like it's like you, but just understand, right? The same reason why it's hard to market your gym, the same reason why it's hard to like get new people that are your people and all that is because of the amount of noise that is out there. Yeah. That is existing. So if you are 99% of the time or a hundred percent of the time are just fucking awesome and genuine and you do all the right things. And that is your reputation. You 100% can weather some douchebag trying to skull drag you on Google, like yeah. on your Google reviews, like you can stomach it and they're stupid. Um, fucking friends that then dog pile on and it's really shitty and you're going to feel bad and you're going to want to go to war with them like online or argue with them or whatever. And it's like, just fucking leave it alone. Yeah. It will go like in one single news cycle, which is 12 fucking hours. It won't exist. They're pissing into the wind of their own echo chamber and anybody that's anybody I can't tell you how many times when we go in and we were like trying to find a spot or do something with um, a company or, or a business and we see their reviews and they have stellar, like stellar re reviews. I love going to the one star reviews because I get to be able to see like how petty this fucking person is of like who, what were they complaining about? Like step back and look at what their complaint was. And it just is, it, it, it invalidates them as soon as they hit send on it. That it's just not worth your time or energy when you're away from the business to be worrying about it. <coughs> so with, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. That's not the sexiest cough I've ever had. <laughs> no. uh, when it comes to some of these problem clients now, we're getting into less, less egregious territory now. But this is still about them not being, that's not something you got to fire somebody over, but are they really your type of person? Are they really the type of client you want to work with? And my criteria has always been kind of this tiered level. First off, you cause trouble for other clients. You're out. That's pretty easy, right? I don't care. You're, you're out. Second, you cause trouble for me. I don't like you. You are disrespectful. Whatever that is, you're out because it's me. Fuck off. You 
I don't spend time around people I don't particularly like. If I don't like you, you're absolutely not going to be in my spot. If you give me headaches, if you're just give me problems frequently, is it guaranteed for me to be like, no, 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 no. The third one is a little bit differently. It's a little bit different. And this is about, we talk about keeping your business tuned up for client success. And are they creating problems for themselves? And that goes from adherence to effort to coachability. Are they self-sabotaging? Do they have ego in the gym? Is there a lot of that stuff? Primarily for coach products now. I'm mentioning this as well. This is not, I don't, someone comes in your global gym and they spend 60 bucks a month and then they eat like shit and get fat while they exercise at your place. You can't, you're not, they don't pay you enough to care, frankly. So, yeah. Um, but if I have clients who are paying me to help them lose weight and I'm, they're paying me a lot of money, it's on the, the effectiveness of my business as well as the utility of my relationship with this person that this work. And if they're in the way of it, I'm not going to fire them for eating like shit. I'm not going to fire them if they're putting on some weight when they should be losing weight. But if I, it's my job to correct that behavior. 100%. I have to hold you accountable because this is what this relationship is. If you do not want that, you can go somewhere else. You've had to do this. I've had to do this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a Midwest thing or I honestly think it's because I'm a big, strong guy that people think that they're going to come to me and I can just let them hide in their fucking failure. I I just want to get like, there's a lot of, there's a thing that happens with people get into strength training. Oftentimes it's a way to distract themselves so they can just ignore. I can just bulk and I'm just going to, focus on my strength numbers going up while I get fat. And and it's like, I'm not here to do that. I'm just not. And frankly, there's more qualified remote strength coaching people. If you just want to get strong and compete or whatever, you don't fucking need me. I don't want to be seeing you in the gym. You're not going to pay me three times a week to just watch you squat the same fucking pro. Like, fuck no, that's not worth any. That's not the, that's not what I want to do, but I've had to do this, John. I've had to do this a lot when I have clients that are just not, they paid me to do a thing. And this is a thing that I do in the beginning when I have my conversations with people is that I want to know what they're there to do and what they want to accomplish, not how much the membership costs. That's not what we're there to do. We're not there to show them equipment. You know what I mean? I'm just not, I'm not there to do that, but I am there. Absolutely. Be like, what are you, what are you here for? Cause you're paying me a lot of money. Okay. Okay. What do you want to accomplish? Perfect. What's in the way of it? You want to lose weight. I have to make it very clear to them that food is the way food is the right. number one way. And I think, the, this is the biggest issue, John, where I think coaches, not not regular gyms. If you're an access-only gym, you don't got the grounds to be pushing people around like this. But if someone right. comes to me and is trusting me and confiding me, confiding in me in this journey that they're trying to go on, and I'm watching them fuck it up, I got to say something. I'm the professional here. You know what I mean? Right. There's a reason plumbers or whatever are telling you not to pour grease down your drains or not to flush wipes. Well, they're the plumber. They're the one who's supposed to know. They're trying to do you a little favor here. Say, hey, this is so you don't have, so that our relationship is fruitful here. I mean, you can keep going and plugging your shit up and I'll keep coming back every fucking month, but what are we doing? And on the nutrition side of things, this is is the biggest thing that I see is coaches, uh, businesses not being centered around client results is that they just kind of neglect this. And I get it. You don't want to bring it up to people. You don't want to call people out, but this is having a real human relationship is you need to be able to do that. I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but I had someone who, who wanted to work with me early on, like, like, or like was just going to start working with me early on this year and said, yeah, I just want to come in and get started. And I said, great. I said, what, here's what I charge. Here's what this and that is. I said, you got to have a food plan that you're going to stick to. I don't care what that is. Okay. But you got to have a food plan. Right. Whether you, like I said, I can sell you one or you can just tell me what you're going to try to do to eat better. Cause this person probably has 150 pounds to lose if I'm being honest. And this person comes back at me and says, well, I just, I'm not really looking at looking to do that. I'm not worried about weight loss. I just want to, I just want to feel a little better. So I thought I'd get stronger and I'd feel better. I was like, you're 150 pounds overweight. Get stronger. is just going to make you feel fucking what? Like you need to lose the fucking weight. Like I don't care. You go get strong. I could teach you how to get strong. I just don't give a fuck to do that while you gradually chase diabetes down full speed. Absolutely not. And it's like, I know you, I'm going to tell you that I will not work with you unless you're interested in losing weight. That's who my people are. And you know what the the response was? Well, I don't really want to change too many things all at once. So I kind of thought if I'd start, I said, well, here's the thing to change. Lose the fucking weight. 
so that yeah. don't come and work hard. Don't spend $2,000 or whatever with me or three grand to work with me directly on this issue. I don't care. I can sell you a nutrition plan for 300 bucks. It'll get you just start eating better. Now I know there's the whole thing to it, but I will not allow you to commit money into a situation with me that is destined to fail because I know what will happen. And that person will work hard in the gym, but doesn't burn as many calories as I think. And so I start with that conversation almost all the time. And it has very little to do with me wanting to make extra money selling nutrition coaching. It's like a, an extra few hundred bucks. Like it's not a big deal. And I don't care if they have another plan. I just need to know that they're, that they're working on it. So then when it's not working, we have something to adjust, not throwing it all to the wind and just showing up and thinking you're going to fucking Goggins it three days a week in the gym. It's not what I'm here to do. Well, and because you've drawn that line, right? Cause I know you have an example of another client who you did. It ended up coming through a different direction who did come on and 90% of your interaction with this person is calling them out on their bullshit. Yep. All of and it. so the, it's like, it's dude, this is why, this is why when you're talking to the other guy in the other spot, it's no, uh, we have to address this one thing because then it allows me to be able to do the things that I want to do. Yep. And I don't want to be your goddamn mom or your therapist calling you out on hiding in plain sight. And, and, and you literally are living it right with yeah. another client that came in from another direction that you didn't have the opportunity this, to kind of put this um this other you know, one these blocks up this other one you mentioned very recently yeah this one came in and it wanted to it wanted to do same deal needed to lose weight really just needed to lose weight like need, had 30 40 pounds to lose and it was really bothering him there's a whole like conversation i had to meet him for like 40 minutes this is over a remote coaching pro product too i was like fuck me dude i'm taking an hour away from me and how much i'm just trying to help trying to be a nice guy and a very frustrating amount of like, well, validate your program for me. I was like, I don't give a fuck if you do it. <laughs> I love it. I don't care. Like, don't pay me. I'll leave right now. I've already committed more time to this than I want to, you know, um, commits to it. And I, and I reiterate, it's the food. It's the food. It's the food. Stick to the fucking food thing. You're worried all about the wrong things. You're worried about the workouts. The workouts are hard. They're there, but they're manageable. You're fine. And all I get by the time the first week had ruled around, I got, I'm not feeling good. So I got to push it back two or three days. And then one day in, one workout, and it's, I'm so sore. What can I do to help with my soreness? And then it's, I did a cheat meal or cheat day. And I said, cheat we don't day. do cheat days. You get yeah. one meal, have whatever you want, but you don't turn it into a cheat day. Trying to check in with workouts. I've called them out for lying at some point because I was like, how are you weighing the same? Because I've run this program for many people before. I said, how are you weighing the same? I don't think you're doing what I'm saying. Well, can I eat this and this? I said, what's it say on the fucking program? I go through this whole process. And in the end, I call them out midway through. I'm like, you're not doing it. I need pictures of what you're eating now. Also, I'm getting pictures of everything. Well, everything's a fucking salad, John. Salad <laughs> with me. And also, I was like, that's not realistic. Ah. I'm like, are you shitting all the time? Like, I'm not going to be the coach to saying, why are you eating a salad for fucking two meals a day, every day, forever? But I feel like this is pretend fitness that you're, you're just now eating the things that you don't want to eat for sure. And you're not integrating this into your life. Go ahead and eat the salads if you like them, but I feel like this isn't the way it's going to work forever. So can you please just eat what I fucking put on the thing? It technically fits, but what are we doing? It looks awful. But I also know you're lying because I wasn't born fucking yesterday, And the weight's bro. not coming down. <laughs> yeah. There's a 250-pound man. The weight's not coming down. The same yeah. exact program for a person in the same exact condition just lost 28 pounds in the last five weeks, John. This guy, four weeks in of a five-week program, had lost a pound. So I say, how much? Then I say, how much? How much are you drinking? Are you drinking a lot? Because I told you, alcohol you can do once a week. Well, I gotta quit drinking. There's all this shit. I gotta, so that now there's a drinking problem. So I know you're drinking a couple thousand calories a day. So you were fucking lying this whole fucking time. Then he says he wants to start over. So this is why. My first red flag was that I needed to have a fucking sad boy conversation fully for a $300, $400 product. Like, fuck, no, absolutely not. And so this is, but this is why that is the headache. When somebody already had committed to fixing their nutrition, that that's part of it. I made that very clear. They're still inclined to fuck it up because that's hard. It's not hard. It's just a complicated part of human nature to change right. the way we eat. There's just a lot of bullshit packed into it. So if you don't address it at all, your clients are going to have a very low likelihood of success because they're deluded. They think they can come to the gym and just work it off. And that is not how it's going to work. 
And the fact is, Tyler, the, the, the fact that you've talked to me about a couple of these clients mm -hmm. so many times. Yeah, you know, it right? You <laughs> right? It makes you upset, right? And, and, and I think this is a good rule that it just is, is if somebody is occupying your mind, if you have clients or coaches that are on your yeah. staff, because we've had to work with gym owners about fucking firing some people. And it was like, hey, six months ago, we told you that there are some problems with this person. And now you've allowed it to limp along and they needed to have been fired three months ago and you continue to sit on it. It's if, and the reason why we say it is because they kept talking to us about the staff member. Yeah. So if you have someone that's occupying your mind when you, when they are not paying you, when you are with your spouse or you're with the folks that are helping you run your business or your business partner, right? They're occupying your mind more than three times outside of your time that you're working with them. They got to fucking go. Yeah. I even had this on collecting payments, you know, from somebody here. It's like, it's like, you know, normally I let everybody except for one person, everybody has to pay ahead. This one person that's kind of like intermittent sometimes. And I like the person. So we just pay me, but I'm all, I'm always, Hey, this is session, whatever, bring money to the gym today. I need to get paid up today. It's always, Oh yeah, I'll run a grab a message in an hour. And John, this week was the final straw. I got told, yeah, I'll call you in an hour. I can just meet you by the ATM or something. Okay. I mean, I did message you yesterday and tell you to bring it here today. And no, today's your day off. Like what? Mm -hmm. Already that message frustrates me, right? Because right. even in the calendar thing that we both are on, it says this is the one it's time to pay, right? This is all part of the process. A couple hours passes, nothing. I don't care. But at some point I'm like, hey, I'm going to be out and run some errands. Can we meet up? Oh, yep. Just leaving this place here shortly. John never messages me back ever. I'm shocked by this news. The next day I go, Hey, I'm not trying to call him out over what just happened. I'm like, I need to, we need to get squared up today before this time. Okay. I get called right before that time. Oh, can you come meet me at this spot? No, I'm at my office. You come to me. I'm not chasing. I've already done too much. John, this is for not enough money. I spent as much money, as much time and energy. It's harder for me to do this than mm -hmm. it is for me to program and coach this person. Of course. And so then it comes to my office. I'm in the middle of a meeting. John leaves me half the money and asks if he can get me the rest of it. So then just say originally, John, yeah. that you just fucking can't pay. You don't have the money and we can wait. Then I would absolutely wait. Yeah, the next week is fine. Don't worry about it. Tell me. After I get paid, I can pay you. That's normal right. stuff. But that level of dicking around, now this is the thing that we talk about here is you have to then inform them of this. Correct. This is like dealing with late people. Just regular late people people who are late people you've been around late people john mormons or yeah and polynesians well mine bless your hearts <laughs> I mean, my good friends who are my most common late people are both mormon and polynesians it's a fucking it's a thing. crazy thing mm -hmm. but, but there's a there's an old i think berbiglia joke where he's like the thing that late people don't understand about us on time people is that we fucking hate them yeah <laughs> It's it's nuts. But like someone who's habitually late, they don't understand that it is disrespect. They're not they don't think they're being disrespectful. Right. So it's just a complete misalignment in in how this situation is being perceived. So you do have to say, hey, this you don't get to be fucking late. It pisses me off. I you have to explain all the reasons. You have to say, I, I'm sure if you don't understand that, it's whatever. But but for the most part. In all of these situations we're describing, except for maybe the creeps, something like this, is that if you can calmly and assertively and usually quickly get in and inform them before it gets out of hand and just inform them, usually they're just uninformed. That it is a problem. I, I totally they're just naive. Um, and probably like three quarters of the time, they're really apologetic about it. Fuck, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, they they always they they may they may kick themselves kick themselves over those situations maybe like one out of every five times. But they don't actually realize how often it's happening. So when you point out, like, oh shit, okay. And you know, there's a spot, uh, a spot here where there's a guy, really good, nice client here that, as a member of the gym, I've done some personal training with him uh, for like a month or two. He just really wanted to focus on learning a few new things in regards to some strength exercises and shit. So I did a small handful of private sessions with this guy. He's a guy who trains in the gym, works hard, does like in a global gym. It's very rare to see someone who trains hard and trains right. So you sure. Know. Just know. Yeah. So, so I just, I was like, oh, I kind of respect the guy from a distance. Then he hired me, whatever. But 
the wife was complaining a few times coming home from in the evenings like this guy's just dropping barbells like way high like slamming loud in a 24-hour spot it's just like it's a it's a lot it's not it's not just a regular it's like letting it go from your hands you know what what i mean dropping it from the top is very different than slamming it on the way down right correct and so it went on and on and on and on and she's got groups training going on and there's old people there and so i finally said i said one of her clients was going to go talk to him after was going to go tell him she's like and megan's like i'll take care of it i'll take care of it. so she goes and talks to the guy and the guy is a really nice guy and he goes i i'm sorry i didn't know i don't yeah. know i didn't know that's the thing i shouldn't do i didn't think about it we had the platform i just i didn't know and he even said he apologized and he goes it had to be really hard for you to come up here and say that huh flat out and he just said he was like he's like i'm really sure. sorry that i made it that and honestly if that's how you know that person is a fucking decent human. Correct. The type of person that wants to push back against that now, you're at war. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Now you're sure. at war. Now you can go. You can just leave. It's like, but but I, you know, I think that that is usually the way that it goes. You can give people the benefit of the doubt until they tell you otherwise. But you got right. to communicate with them. You give them the benefit of the doubt, they run amok, right? They'll be a little disrespectful going to be late they're going to whatever these other problems that you're having are and you give them give them the opportunity to be a good human tell them mm -hmm. hey we're having a trouble and they'll probably fix it and if they don't now you've said your piece and you can fucking bury them no I'm kidding you <laughs> you're gonna but, but yeah but that's so true though like it's because how many times Tyler, have we talked with a gym owner that's having problems with staff or having problems with something truly in the spot and it's like have you addressed it yeah. have you talked to anyone have you spoken to anyone directly about this or how you'd like it to be different? And it's like, well, they should just know it's common sense. Gym owners oftentimes leave, they they treat like problem clients the same way they treat like their lead acquisition or marketing strategies. It's like, just don't do anything. Just don't do anything. They just totally ignore it and just things kind of work. But then they wonder like, oh, why am I having all these problems? No thought come into your head to say something to these people who are pissing you off, who you don't like. You're having trouble not making enough money? Well, I'm just, I don't know. I just wish that things were better. Well, that's not how this works. It's just not how this works. Um, and I think that that's the thing that we run into a lot now when people are, there's a lot of red flags that can come up. But when you're starting to chase leads, just in general, the incentive, if I'm hiring a marketing person to come in and bring me leads, they're only there to bring you leads. And if they're going to get you closed members, well, guess what? It's probably very much implied that you're going to be closing members that might be a little bit outside your target market a little bit because they're just going to stack them. They, they just want you to close them. They don't want you to worry. They don't want you to worry about it being a right fit for you or for them. And that's one of the reasons why the fitness industry is failing the end user. This is why we are a fat people with one of the biggest fitness industries mm -hmm. in the world, right? We are not fit, yet the industry is crushing it. Isn't that weird? If our food, if 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 like if our food systems here, the, yep. the food industry was the absolute biggest industry in the country and yet everybody was starving, wouldn't we have some fucking red flags? Or if it was so big, Tyler, and everybody was getting diabetes and getting horribly sick yeah. and is fat. Well, that's also true. Huh? Yeah. But, yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. It's like we are we are selling fitness. We are trying to match people up with opportunities to get fit and yet here we sit less fit than we were five years ago than five years before that so i'm telling you guys trying to let everybody everything be for everybody is not how it's going to work and you need to know that when you start getting involved with marketers and marketing strategies john every one of these strategies is x amount of members in x amount of days sure is. everybody who's fucking trying to come at you guys as gym owners is that because we see all of oh. them and we also search for those types of ad campaigns as well in the ad library to see what other bullshit is going on both from gyms to consumers but also from consultants to gyms and it is all bullshit it's absolutely all bullshit that has nothing to do with actually lining people up with a direct path to getting them results it's a it's a quick cash grab all the time and it's why the whole industry sucks and has a shit reputation compared to what it could be if things were done the right way well it's because we've touched on this before right but it's like this idea where the the measurement becomes the target and and that's where we have an issue but it also is that we have two different entities right two different businesses that have 
different end results that they want. And the mistake is that you think it has to do with getting more members. You want more members. You want more clients. But this is why for years we've been calling out, no, you don't. What you want is more money. When you say that in your mind, man, I just need to get more members. Like we need to get more people in. I need to get more leads. It's just, you are actually saying we need more money. I need more revenue. Yeah. Cause all you're really saying about that is I want more work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not necessarily the wrong strategy, but it ain't the full strategy. And that's the problem is then, then when someone says, I'll give you everything you want. And this is one of those things where like, you got to be careful with what you wish for. It's like, I will give you 30 members in 30 days. And that is when we start to see this misalignment become clear. And if you've been in this game long enough, you know this, right? You know that those members that are about to come in, they're not aligned, but you're getting what you want. You're going to pay $100 for every person that shows up to a league because they've worked it or whatever. And you're going to get that person because we get contacted by franchisees are the most common, yeah. Tyler, that we get contacted about this particular thing where they are seeing right a misalignment in being able to get people that come into their franchise at that fundamental base level and they cannot move them into their coached products mm -hmm. why the flying fuck do you think that is because nobody goes to mcdonald's for fucking steak it's the fucking problem people came in here to, these people came in on a one dollar offer usually mm-hmm Start today for $1. And then we wonder why that person with that type of carrot that's dangled them, you dangled that carrot that attracted that person. Got them. Debate. And you wonder whether they don't, why they don't have the want to or the resources, whatever, either or both, to spend a thousand bucks a month or 500 bucks a month or whatever on an expensive premium coach product that just costs money. There's labor, but like it's, Personal training is not cheap, but to wonder why you can't do that is it's the biggest question we get from franchisees in 24 hour spots. And I tell all of them, I said, then start directly advertising for your fucking personal training. That's the one thing. Stop advertising $1. Stop saying free this. Stop saying no fees for this. The attraction should maybe be products and results, but it's not that because you motherfuckers sell discounts and you sell key cards and you sell a facility with access and that's fucking it. And then you wonder why the, and frankly, the strategy that we advise anyways in almost any gym business model is of course we want them to directly market about these premium services so that you get a reputation as a place that has premium services. First, the second one is that your coaches who are the human beings involved in that transaction and involved in that relationship and who they're going to be work with need to market themselves and also try to attract clients with their own personality, branding, marketing, et cetera. Now in doing so, that's why the place that we're at now has a handful of personal trainers that are able to sell big ticket stuff and make decent money. But none of those people are people that we're getting from the funnel. Under the gym, of the franchise. From the gym, I don't want them. I stopped taking right. those calls because they're all bad leads and they're all broke. Well, you're just not good enough at sales, though, yeah, Tyler, to be able to move someone from a dollar a month thing up to your AD, thing. But I seem to be booked. So fuck <laughs> off. That's the way I was looking at it. Oh, you want me you're to right. just eat shit uh -huh. and take low and deal with headaches and people who can't pay and all this stuff and have 100 sales conversations to close 20 people, which is actually not like a terrible ratio if we're talking just cold people who cold leads for people that can't actually afford to do business with you. A bunch of them are going to say, hey, John, I had sales conversations with people who were on silver sneakers, who were on a fixed income sure. and their membership was subsidized and they thought that it was a fucking gym tour. Of course they did. Like, what the fuck is absolutely not? You know, they told us to bring our shoes. I was like, what do you think? I'm going to work you out? Like, I don't, that wasn't what I'm here to do. So I, I cut that whole thing out because I don't fucking play it. I just don't play that shit. And, but I'm, so I'm telling you for these, the 24 hour spots, you, you've been playing the race to the bottom game for a long fucking time. And the way it works for us is just like we said, is we go around that then so that the product is the thing, but no that the things you're doing to attract people who want a $1 deal are not going to attract people who want a high quality product. That's a thousand bucks a month or more. It's just fucking not. So you're playing the wrong game. You're singing the wrong song. Okay. And, and I've said this before and I will guarantee you, I will say it again in the future. It's what you have done to get you here. will keep you here. Yep. 
And that is where we do draw the line and ultimately say, sorry, like we, we can't work with you. Yeah. We can't work with you one-on-one. We can't work with you in the gear Academy. We can't do this because what you are looking to do is you're looking to be able to improve, say your coached product, or you want to get more personal trainers, you want to do these things, but you are unwilling to understand that the, what you are going to have to do in order to get that has to be different because yeah, the problem that you have is by your you doing. are yeah. and what the perception is. Right. Absolutely. And that, and that's so huge, right? Because from a franchise perspective or from an affiliate perspective is that you are paying that money to have a reputation already established for you. It's the hardest part of owning a business or starting something new is that you've got to establish what you are because nobody knows who you are. But it's a double-edged sword, man, because if you have Anytime Fitness, Lifetime Fitness, you have a fucking Planet Fitness, you have all these different entities that are out there, CrossFit, people already know what you are. And the problem is, is that if you're the discount spot, if you're the key fob, whatever the fuck spot. That is why people are showing up to your shit. You're not going to have doctors and lawyers that are expecting a high quality premium product to now be at your spot. Now you have to work uphill from there. And there's an exclusivity component to all that as well. You're too cheap. One of the reasons I don't want to go to a place that even if it's nice and it's too cheap, just because it's nice doesn't save me from all the other people who are going there because it's too cheap. Correct. So I'll go somewhere else. It's, it's, I think it's, we can't overstate this enough. Now, when it comes to the things we just described about, you know, like your business needs to fundamentally change what it's perceived as, or at the very least, you need to start shining a light on the fact that you do these other things. That should be your primary focus, right? That that has to happen in the same way that when someone comes in and wants to lose weight, they need to change the way they eat. I need you to change the way I need to change your attitude around food, your other stuff. You don't get to open a fucking $30 a month joint and wonder why nobody responds and wants to spend you spend a grand with you. You don't get to do that. So you don't get to eat like a fat and then fucking wonder why you're not losing weight. Yeah. This shouldn't be that hard, but it really is. Um, it's, it's like the number one thing, John, we know of gyms that have been like CrossFit gyms running coach products that we're offering like 60 bucks a month. Yeah. We're like, what are you doing? We're like, this is never going to work. This is never, this can never work and fine. But like, you're only going to get just the worst, just the worst. I, things that we did when we were in the heating and air conditioning company, right? We had, we were obviously very expensive. When I first moved over to that place, I, I had done heating and air conditioning in two different cities. And when I went to this spot, so when we were with, when I started with this company, what happened was, is we were going again, we were, had a reputation for being expensive. We had a reputation for being the fucking place that costs a lot of money. Lots of people who couldn't afford us would, their complaint was that we were so expensive. The other contractors in town, the other air, air conditioning companies, this is overpriced, blah, 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 but showed up in button-up shirts, right? tucked in, nice slacks, right? I'm not out slogging through the mud all day. I'm a real professional. But letting your house, I'm going to wear booties. I'm going to take my shoes off. I got long sleeve shirts, no visible tattoos. I'm clean. I'm articulate. We have a script that we have to follow that makes sure that your experience is a is a good one. Now, for all of that, yeah, it was expensive, like 50 to 80% more per service probably than the other guys in town. But we <laughs> provided a better service. We were there on time. We were friendlier. We were more available. We had, if you had an issue, you called us back in two weeks, you had full written out notes of every description of every single thing your technician did. Everything, like all of this stuff was very well documented. When a lot of these other companies, John, were just writing things down on paper and sending you an invoice and didn't know fuck all what happened last. It's on the one technician's brain to remember, right? Right. And, but while being more expensive, I was initially very concerned about asking those prices. Right. Even yeah, t- early on. T- giving people options where it was really expensive. Right. But what I noticed very quickly 
is that everywhere that I did go, whether it was on maintenance or service calls, I had never heard as an employee of a heating and air conditioning co company. So many times where people said, God, we really love you guys. You guys are just the best, like constantly. I mean, right. this wasn't a thing that kind of happened. I was like, holy shit. It made me very proud to work for that company, even when I was new. I was like, sure. I made the right move. Like by being more expensive, people are choosing to have a better experience. And this mm -hmm. is the lesson I want you guys to take away when you're setting your pricing or your products or whatever, when you're trying to use that, the utility of that to determine who really should be doing business with you, okay, is of all the gyms that are out there that do the same types of things that you do, there's a $10 Planet Fitness, there's all the pile of fucking franchises in the middle between $40 and $50 a month, okay, and then there's your 80s, 90s, 150s, there's your premium equinoxes in the $400 to $600 range, stuff like that. There's lots of fucking really interesting opportunities for you to price your gym know that if i'm looking at that and i choose to spend 500 a month 400 a month i am abs while when i can go spend 10 i am choosing because i want that i want that experience to be better mm -hmm. okay that's the difference every person who when given a choice who chooses the more expensive option that person is choosing to have a better experience. They are choosing very much to want to have a higher likelihood of success, a more clean experience, better customer service. Their expectations already are that it's going to be good, which means then it's much easier to just not fuck that up than it is to like when someone's expectation is for it to exist for $10. You're going to get a lot. I would. There's nothing I would want less than to be the cheapest in town. Nothing. Because that's your reputation. And that's the reputation of the people you get. Those are the people that then your coaches have to deal with. The odds are if you're the cheapest in town, you can only afford to pay your coaches so much. So that tells you the type of coach you're going to get. Like it's this massive trickle down effect to where it's like, how do you attract the right people, the right coaches? It's kind of right where you started, which is where it's you price it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have to make sure that you're doing something that's different. Yeah. You can't just be the most expensive and then do the same as everybody else. You have to be able to understand where's the right networks in your community. Who are the right people to be affiliated with, right? You get one doctor, the odds of getting more doctors goes up. Yeah. I would say probably like at one point, at one point we probably had 15%, maybe 20% of our members were medical professionals. It's not a surprise. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. You know what they're not? Bums coming in to use the fucking shower and having schizophrenic episodes because they can continue to afford 35 bucks a month. Right. What the fuck? Correct. No, that's no. real. Anyone comes into an A, they're going to drug out by me immediately. It's not like, oh, I'll just take your money. We'll let this happen. It's crazy. And so you, yeah, yeah. So stop doing fucking low value business if you want to make fucking high value money. And if you're not making high value money because you've spent so much time in low value business or better yet, Tyler, not even that it could be low value business. You just haven't been looking at it. Yeah. You haven't been paying attention. And as a gym owner, it's one of those things where all of a sudden now you're putting your eyes on a thing and it's been a while maybe that you've looked at this and you're like, why are we struggling here? It's fucking step back and be like, well, what got you? Where were you before where you were happy, quote unquote? What were the things you were doing then? I'd be willing to challenge that you probably aren't doing those things. What are the relationships that you had before? What are the partnerships and affiliations and things that you had done back in the day when you were really hustling and wanting something to work that you were getting more opportunities, you were getting more inquiries, and then you're not. And as you kind of get lulled to sleep in that day-to-day -day kind of grind almost to where you just, eh, if there's no problems, then it's almost like you, uh, it's like an ostrich head in the sand. Yeah. So if I don't see it, I don't, I don't have a problem. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah. And then they only see it when they're not making enough money and just want to fucking move things around to make more. I don't understand. Why can't I just turn on more money? And you want a quick fix or you yeah. want some hack or some bullshit that's going to allow you to then be able to make the money instead of just doing the work. If you want your shit to work, you want it to work right. You want to work, work for you, you want to work for your clients. You want to work for your client success as well as your pocketbook. Get in the gear Academy or you can work with us directly. Uh, both of them will work with us directly. We have a few options from getting in our gear Academy can run you through kind of helping to shape your gym into the version of your gym that you really, really want it to be. Um, 
while making some good money along the way, but doing things the right way. That's what we're here to do. Get in the Gear Academy. Go to gymownersrevolution.com. We also have some like direct us to you um, consulting that we do as well if you're looking for a faster track. So get involved. Go to Gear Academy or gymownersrevolution.com. Uh, links in the description for the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast. And John? You can follow me at jbanksfl. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week.